Hello and welcome to episode number 144 of Their Giants Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Roger Munter. And this week I have another couple of interviews with uh, some members of the Richmond Flying Squirrels who I thought would be interesting to talk with. Since we are in the middle of uh, Richmond's uh, playoff run, uh, I want to start with Shane Matheny, who is this year's team MVP for Richmond, and uh, is kind of an unofficial captain for the for the squad. I think this is his third year, um, third partial year with Richmond, uh, and we talk about that, which you know, no minor leaguer necessarily wants to <laughs> spend three years at one level. Uh, or or come back down. Uh, we talk about that. We talk about uh, Richmond's run to a playoff, um, what it takes to get the kind of intensity that the team showed down the stretch, um, and which is not always happening in the in the minor leagues, where sometimes people are kind of doing their own thing and re- ready to hit the winner. Uh, but this team showed a real desire to go out and compete and win and, and make the playoffs. So uh, I wanted to talk with Shane about about all that. And following him, I have um, Richmond relief pitcher Sam Delaplane, who has his own story of um, resilience and overcoming a lot, a lot of obstacles uh, and his path to what he still believes will be a a big league future. Um, A guy who has been at times one of the most dominant relievers in the minor leagues. Uh, and still has uh, uh, an, an outstanding uh, specialty pitch that he relies on. Um, we talk about <laughs> the travails of, of being a pitcher and, um, you know, the injury bug that is always out there waiting for pitchers and, and how hard it is to, to push through that. So a couple of interviews um, before I get to them. I'll say that uh, their Giants is entirely supported by my readers and subscribers. Uh, there's never any ads or ad reads on, on the podcast or, or pop-ups on the page. So if you'd like to get more content on the Giants minor league system and prospects, just go to rogermunter.substack.com or theirgiants.com and sign up. We're just getting into the offseason, so there's lots of rankings and reviews and uh, all the kind of things that we, we, <laughs> we keep our minds uh, occupied with during the winter when there's no baseball until we can get back to March again and get out to the field. And with that, let's talk to Shane Matheny, who just just a consummate professional, just going out there every day trying to get better, plays everywhere in the field, plays brilliantly, um, takes pitches, works walks, comes up with big hits, uh, just just a winning baseball player uh, who I've really enjoyed watching the last few years. And here is Shane. Uh, okay, uh, Shane Matheny, I really wanted to talk to you because, you know, Pell always talks about you as sort of a leader of this team. That was true last year. It's true this year. He told me that he thought you were really kind of, in some ways, kind of trying to carry this team um, or, 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 or had that sense about you. You really had a, you wanted to help this team get to the playoffs. You did it. You had an amazing final kick. The Miners are a weird place. People are coming, people are going. It's not always about coming together as a team. How did you guys do that? Because obviously the last three months, there's been an intense daily effort to come out here and compete. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just a collective you know, group effort. Everyone's out here trying to, trying to do what they can to help this team win. And, um, you know, we're playing loose. We're having fun. We, we have each other's backs. And, you know, I think those three things will – will lead to more winning baseball and it's it's proven it's proven so far proved last year and um just really excited to get this playoffs playoffs going it's it was almost 
perfect that you actually catch the, the last out, the clenching <laughs> out. Uh, and I went and so go over and say hi to Will. Um, how sweet was that to be grabbing the playoffs in your mid after all the you know three months of work it, it's awesome man especially especially you know the, the years that that me and willie have had to to be here with him again and and you know just just playing good baseball i think it's a testament to to pelfrey and um you know just just this team having fun again enjoying the game and enjoying enjoying everyone that you're around day in and day out and and just just playing good baseball isn't it i uh, Mungi told me like a month ago it was important to him to make the playoffs. Isn't it important to you guys? Because a lot of times, let's face it, it isn't always to guys uh, mm-hmm. in, in these levels. They're kind of putting in their work and going mm-hmm. about things. Was it important for you guys to play winning baseball as a team and go to the playoffs? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in my mind, if you're playing winning baseball, that's, that's the, uh, the ingredients you need to make it to the big leagues. And, you know, that's each and every one of our dreams here to, to get to the show, get to the big leagues. And I think one big way to do that is to show that you're a winning baseball team and you can be around guys with a common interest working you know working your tail off for not only for yourself and and the numbers that you put up but for the guys around you and to 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 put wins in that column so the thing that kind of impressed me as i've been around this team a little bit and watching it is you don't have like those nights off you know it's the concentration has been very consistent day to day and that's one of the hardest things to do in baseball is that something that you guys talk about or is it just something that is collectively part of your your group culture i think it's a little bit of a, a little bit of both you know this is a great group of guys as i've said just with one common goal but i think i think a lot of it has to do with with our skip health you know he uh one thing that he preaches a lot is is to dominate the work before the game, and then once you get into the game, you can enjoy it and have fun, and and let that work pay off and and speak for itself. And I think, I think that's what when good teams, you know, don't have that day off, don't have that week long, you know, skid where they're where they're struggling, hitting or feeling or pitching. But if you dominate the work beforehand, you can enjoy the game. I mean, this team has had that. It's, it's been kind of an interesting year because people have come and gone so fast and it seemed like something was just starting to gel and then guys get pushed up and then it's like putting the pieces back together. Uh, that's happened a couple times to the team. I guess the last one was when sort of Luciano and Meckler and gone and Brown went down. How did you kind of find it again, you know, put things back together when you'd lose the, the, the center of the lineup uh, yeah. all at once? Yeah, it's always tough, you know, losing guys like that, especially those... I mean, those are in my mind three big leaders, two of them already. But you know, it's a it's a next man up mentality here. It's you know, it's it's your turn to be called upon and and do something to win the game. And you know, I think every single one of us embraces that and and really looks forward to it. So I mean, everybody here wants to be a big leaguer. Um, obviously, it's not anybody's goal to 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 come back down uh, after you've been here. When you get the news that you're going the wrong direction, how do you process it? So what, what did you kind of do to emotionally deal with that and then go in and go back to work? Uh, obviously, it's, it's, tough. it's tough mentally. It's tough you know, emotionally. You, you kind of feel like you let not only yourself down, but you know, my family, everyone that's, that's you know, made sacrifices to get me to the point that I was at. You know, it it kind of feels like you let them down. But you know, after that short little little sit in it moment and 
just embracing the suck. It, the work is still the work. You know, this is still a, a really good, you know, level of baseball being played here. And and like I said, at the end of the day, it's everything is to get to the big leagues. You know, I, I'm doing the same work here that I'd be doing in AAA, the same work that I'd be doing in, in Arizona or in even in rookie ball, you know. Uh, the game is still the game, and, and at the end of the day, it's you versus you. So you just got to find ways to, to win that battle. Does it does it help that you have, like, Will here and, and other guys have gone through the same thing and sort of experience, or even Tsutsugo when he was here, guys have experienced that, and, and you can kind of, like, talk stuff through. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's – there's there's no short short list of failures in this game and that's just that's just part of it you know if you you can sulk in it and really really give into it that's not going to help you out you know i'm trying to do everything i can now to to get to the big leagues and you know wherever my feet are that current day is the best spot for me especially when it comes to this game so i mean it it is a game of failure and and dealing with that mentally is a a huge part of the challenge as you like assess yourself we're about to get to the winner we we have playoffs to go through but you're going to get to the winner and you're going to start thinking about where do i want to get better what's what's important to you to kind of work on this winner in, in your game um it's you know there's not there's not one certain thing it's just becoming a, a better overall baseball player especially with me you know i play i play every single position um it's just you know taking it day by day what can i get better on today if if it's i'm going to stretch i'm going to get better at stretching i'm going to increase my flexibility i'm going to be better with my mobility i'm going to whatever it is for that day it's it's still a day to dominate and i think if you have that mindset you'll be in a good spot come spring training you play every position really, really well, we should say, too. Like, I remember two years ago, we were like, man, he's playing the heck out of shortstop. And like, now it's like, man, he's playing center field. Um, do you have a favorite at this point? Do you, is there like a position to your favorite? Do you care? Um, I, I honestly don't care. Wherever, wherever this team needs me, man, wherever, whatever team I'm on needs me, that's, that's where I'm going to be, and that's my favorite position for the day. I want to ask you about a, a play that you made last week that ended, was it the Tuesday game? Where you went for a diving catch mm-hmm. and then didn't get it, but were able to throw the guy out at third, which is a really tough play in like three different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, catching the ball on the bounce one is really hard. I know this kind of goes back to what Pelf says: you get out, you do the work forehand, and then you just go out and have fun. But as that play was developing, kind of, what was your thought press going through that? Um, anytime I'm in the outfield, man, I see the ball in the air. I. I truthfully believe that I have a chance to go catch it and and you know that's that's how I felt on that ball once I was about to start my dive I realized that I was going to be a little bit short and that's when you really just let your instincts you know kick in and that's kind of what Pelf is talking about with with dominating that that early work and and trusting that you'll be in a good spot come game time yeah it was an incredible instinctual play um okay I want you to kind of handicap the playoffs for me can you like size up the the various strengths of of the two teams that are out here like what should we be looking for in this series i think you're going to be looking at a, a good brand of baseball you know we just we just played these guys for six over at their spot and um it's kind of the same thing as last year with with the ending and then seeing them again in playoffs but it's two two real tough pitchers on the mound and and we're going to be doing everything we can to to grind and and uh, you know, give as much support to to our guy Seymour out on the out on that hill today, and 
whoever plays the best baseball wins, and it's the first four wins, so let's get there. Is it weird to like play nine straight against the same team? <laughs> it, it is. It is a little weird, but but you know it, it's playoffs now. That's there's no numbers out there. It's it's pure competitive. Who wants to win more, and and who's willing to do more for their team to win? Well, hopefully we turn around this year. Uh, after last year wasn't so good, we'll have to pay them back this year, right? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Shane, I mean. It's been a real joy for me to watch you play. I, 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 I want to see you play more uh, in Sacramento next year. Um, but I can't tell you how big a fan I am of Thank your you. game and watching you play. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks that. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Thank you. It's uh, Shane Matheny, uh, kind of a quiet guy, but his actions on the field speak loud. Um, and as I say, a, a, real, a real pleasure to watch him play. Um, the next player I have uh, in this week's episode is somebody who I haven't seen a ton of, uh, although I have got to see him pitch a bit in, in Richmond this year. Um, Sam Delaplane, who, who grew up in San Jose, grew up a Giants fan, um, with a side trip to Eastern Michigan for college, uh, and at one point uh, before the pandemic appeared to be zooming through the minors and on his way to a major league career in Seattle, uh, things have happened since then, and, and Sam talks about a lot of them. Um, again, just super gracious guy, um, happy to uh, discuss the things he's been through and, and the hopes he has for the future. Um, one of the things that keeps me coming back to minor league fields is to witness sort of the resilience of these players, the way they work in the face of constant obstacles and and. And defeat, which is so much part of this game, uh, is always an inspiration to me. And I love talking to them and sort of hearing the mentalities behind behind all that work and effort. Uh, and <laughs> Sam Delaplane is certainly a guy who has faced his share of obstacles and is still on the path to his dream. Uh, and I and I know we all hope he gets there. So here is Sam Delaplane. There we go, Sam Delaplane. Hey, thanks for taking some time to talk with me. Um, you've kind of been on my list for a while. My wife's a Michigander, so I always try and get the Michigan guys. Uh, and you've actually had Michigan teammates this year, which has got to be kind of a first for you. Like a couple of them, even. Yeah, I had a lot over when I was in Seattle. Actually, a lot of guys from University of Michigan, so yeah, it feels kind of good. Well, first off, I mean, how are you feeling? It's been a while since you've pitched as many innings uh, as you have this year. Um, obviously, it's good to get the innings on your arm, but, but how are you feeling physically at this point at the end of the year? No, it feels like the end of the season, but I'm healthy, so I have, I have no complaints. Your, your career's obviously had a lot of kind of highs and lows. You, I mean, you're kind of a 20-something round pick from, from a Mac school, um, and then you were like one of the most dominant guys in the minors for a while, and then you've had injury and rehab. Before we talk kind of just the physical part of going through all that, what's it been like mentally, kind of emotionally, going through these years over the last four years, really, or have been a struggle? How has it been? How do you get through it? How do you be resilient through all of that? It's not easy. It's been probably one of the hardest things I've had to do in my entire life. Um, just kind of every day waking up, being grateful I'm still playing baseball, grateful you know I still have a job in the game, and uh, you know, just believing that I'm still a big leaguer, even though, you know, it's been a wild ride and things haven't really gone my way the past, you know, season. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, still have confidence in myself that I'm going to get there. So it's made it easier, but it's definitely not easy by any means at the same time. So the thing that kind of back in 2019, when you were really zooming up through the Seattle system, you had a dominant, dominant slider that, you know, did 
rung all the right bells on the metrics and everything. Huge strikeout totals, huge whip totals. Where did you develop that pitch? Was that like something you had with you in college? Was it something that happened in pro ball? Where did you get that kind of that elite slider pitch? So my slider now was what I thought used to be a curveball, and then I have a different slider that I don't throw anymore. But that's what I thought was a curveball, then the analytics, everything showed that it wasn't. So it's kind of been the same pitch that I've thrown. I think I started throwing when I was like 13. So I haven't changed it. It's been the same grip, same pitch, same everything, but then I just learned that it's actually not a curveball. Nobody knows what to call pitches anymore. you got to go to pitchers and say, what do you call this thing? I literally last year sat on the phone with Kyle Haynes, and we argued for like 15 minutes over whether Landon Roof throws a curve or a slider. Like nobody knows this stuff. Um, okay, so 2019 is going along pretty well, and then the, the next year things go start going sideways on you. When did you hurt the elbow? Was it like a one of the one-pitch things that you hear about, or was it something that... Yeah. Blew over time? So I blew out in February of 2020, I think, um, in big league camp right before it. Um, so I'm pretty sure I blew out then, like 99% positive. Um, so I went, I was my first big league camp, and I was throwing well, really well, and I had a good shot that, um, you know, yeah. I was going to break with the opening day roster before COVID hit. And then um, once that happened, and, you know, the alt site, everything, things just got worse and worse and worse. So I was going back to spring training 2.0 and the old site and the pain just got more immense and and worse and um you know the scans didn't come up uh, we were scanning the wrong area because i was getting flexor strains and extensor strains all that stuff and so then um eventually what happened was we thought i had another probably got like six mris between the end of the old site till when i had surgery in april and so we thought i had another pronator and flexor strain come was this late March of 21 and I signed up for a five minute voluntary UCL scan for the um, radiologist so she could just help diagnose better and then we saw like from there the clear cut UCL one that it was torn. It's I mean I I, I think that's one of the things fans don't understand is is you don't always see this stuff you can look at a lot of different scans and things you know the fluid goes down or whatever you're not looking at the right way um in a, in a way, because 2020 got taken away from most players, that you were kind of get it get it taken away yeah. anyway. Um, but what happened that was sort of weird to you uh, along the way is, of course, you change organizations, and that happens. You know, a lot of times teams don't want to pay for somebody who's going through rehab. Mm-hmm. But when it happened to you, it's personal, right? So what was what was that process like when you find out? Oh, I'm not I'm not going to be rehabbing with these guys anymore. I mean, I grew up a Giants fan, being from San Jose, so um, I thought originally it was kind of hard to believe. I remember when I got the call from Justin Hollander, the Mariners um, GM at the time, I was sitting on the training table um, getting my arm worked on by the Mariners PT, and he said, hey, just want to let you know that um, we um, we had John waivers, which I knew about, and they're like, "You got, we traded you to the Giants, so, and then I was like, what? So I had that conversation, like... While one arm's getting worked on by the PT, <laughs> then I hang up the phone, and then he's like, what happened? Like, I just got traded the Giants. He's like, all right, well, I can't work on you anymore, so I put my brace back on, and then uh, packed up my locker, said goodbye to the guys that were there, and then the next day I showed up to, at the time, Pop Goes Being Built, to Scottsdale Stadium, and that's kind of that. And then 
the next day I got my brakes off. It's, so it's, it's, it's really like yeah. that? I can't work on you anymore? Yeah, it was. It was like, oh, you're not with us anymore. It's a liability. I can't really work on you, so... Yeah. So at one point you get the weird just because the way roster rules work. At one point, uh, did you get DFA'd or non-tendered off the Giants forty man and then I got non-tendered back? off the Giants forty man that season. Resigned back to the minor league deal. Got pitched back onto the forty man last year. Got hurt again. Had to get another surgery, and then got non-tendered again at the end of the season last year as well, and then re-signed back this year. So you have a really good understanding of MLB transaction rules. <laughs> I am very well aware of every roster rule, 40-man, non-40-man transaction. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm professional in that now. <laughs> but not something you really want to be professional at. Yeah, not something I thought I would be this uh, fluent in, that's for sure. So, so you mentioned the second surgery, and I, I we heard that last spring too. And Gabe said the the, the rehab was was a little messy for you. What happened? I mean, I've talked to guys who go through Tommy Dunn rehab. That's really really difficult. What happened that leads to a second that just seems like kind of over overwhelming? At some yeah. Point? So when I got the end of 2019 in the fall league, um, I got shut down the last week with some tricep tendonitis that was caused by bone spur I had. Um, and at the time, we decided it wasn't the best move to take it out. Um, probably should have gotten that done when I got my TJ done because it just grew and flared up more. So um, we, as I was coming back from the TJ, it just it got worse and worse. And I couldn't, like, extend my arm. Like, when they measure your arm with the, the grease post-TJ, you know, if you uh-huh. bend your arm totally straight, it's 180. Most pitchers aren't about 180. I was, like, 178 before surgery and then after my TJ surgery, the highest I got to was like 170, and then I got this surgery out, so I got back up to 177, so that's 7 degrees, that's that's a huge, huge amount, because any time last year when I'd throw and I'd go to extend, like the straight of my arm out, it was just shocking pain still, like it was initially what, when I had before, when my elbow was torn, I was, this was more, the symptoms of this were more than my actual UCL, uh-huh. so I didn't think my UCL wasn't there because of you know, the bone spread in the back of my tricep. Every time I started, I was getting the pain there. It turned out I had been thrown without an elbow ligament for a year, which is probably whatever. But I was feeling it, like, in that little capsule spot right there where the bone spur was. So, yeah, that was that was the underlying issue. That's a lot of things and, and, and a lot of pain. It's like it's a part of pitching is just, like, pretending that the pain's not there and this, yeah. the injury threats not yeah. never going to come down on you right that's fooling yourself a little bit uh, or just putting it compartmentalizing like how do you how do you go out and focus on the things you got to focus to be a successful pitcher while your arm's barking at you and and all this stuff's going on i mean yeah it was hard i mean because my arm was finally starting to feel good in bigly camp this year and then i you know had a grade two adductor strain in camp that shut me down at the beginning of the season that's why i missed the first two months i was like you know it's just one thing after another and it's like rehabbing that so then I'm coming back from that like that doesn't feel too good and then recompensating my arm doesn't feel too good so it's just kind of been like it's kind of tough for me to evaluate sometimes how my body feels when I did throw with that no torn UCL for a year just the pain tolerance has gotten really high and it's really taken me like I have to step back sometimes to be like am I pitching through discomfort or am I actually hurt and I actually like need to take a step back and reevaluate the situation before it gets even worse. And that's a real, like, thin line, right? Everybody's pitching through discomfort, but you don't want to pitch when you're hurt. Yeah, like, it's September right now. Everybody, every if every pitcher goes to you and says, oh, I feel amazing, they're lying, like, <laughs> at this point. So, 
everybody's pitching, you know, everyone's throwing through something, especially this time of the year, but it's kind of figuring, like, is it wear and tear or, like, you know, being like, is it wear and tear and soreness or is something actually messed up here at this point, which hopefully it's not the latter for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So so one thing that I think we've seen, uh, at least in your post-TJ, and maybe this year's kind of, as this year's gone on, and that's changed a little bit, where you were velo-wise, pure velo-wise, before or the original TJ, Correct, yeah. hasn't quite come back yet. At this point, are you still working towards that? Do you feel it is coming back? Or, you know, how are you adjusting to that, that lack of velo? Uh, I've shown glimpses, and I, I know I can get back to it. I think really what it comes down to is, you know, talk about all the injuries. I haven't had a normal off season really since that 2019 when I came into yeah. that big league camp. And even though, like, my elbow wasn't there, I was still throwing, you know, 95 that first big league camp because I had my normal off season. And, you know, with the TJ, you know, you can't – and the elbow surgery and the groin, I haven't been able to do my normal upper body and lower body lifts. So it's just kind of been an adjustment this year. I haven't been able to do my normal throwing program that yeah. I want to do either. So, like, I really think, you know, I'm going to get through this year. And, like, obviously nobody's more disappointed than I am. I can tell you that right now. We're frustrated at the lack of velo. I can promise you that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just think, you know, normal off seasons where I can get back in the weight room, um, get my strength back, do the lifts I normally do without the limitations from the elbow – or the groin and get my normal throwing program back that I can do, you know, without the limitations of a rehab throwing program, I think I'll get back to there for sure. That's something that I think Tristan Beck, last year, year before I was talking with him, he said, you know, when you're hurt, all of your, like, mental focus is on getting your body right and you can't actually work on your craft. It's like you don't have the time to do the thing that you're supposed to be doing here. Now that you've kind of gotten through this season, you've got like 40, 50 innings on your arm, do you think that this, you know, this is the offseason where you start thinking about focusing on the craft again, as you say, and, and, and putting yourself back on the big league track? Yeah, 100%. This is definitely the offseason for me where it's like, you know, hopefully we're almost done here, you know, finish the year healthy, show, every, show the baseball world I'm healthy again, and then just kind of get back like, okay, like, I can be normal. The rust is off. I can focus on the things I need to focus on instead of like, okay, I got to get through this month with a healthy elbow or do this, do that. It's like I can just do what made me good beforehand and just get back to that spot again with no limitations, no thoughts in the back of my mind. Like, okay, like I can't, you know, with the elbow stuff, like I can't do a front squat because I can't put my elbow in that position. So I have to do this sort of squatting or I can't, you know, dumbbell bench over 60 pounds because I just had whatever you know that second surgery and I'm only I got to build back up it's like the limitations are off and I can just kind of be free with the throwing and lifting and everything again do you know where you're going to be working out this this winter yeah I do uh my garage (laughs) (laughs) catchy name yep yep. you I mean not an actual facility my actual garage (laughs) one of the things that was a a little bit cool I assume for you uh, being from San Jose is that you've actually got to do some of your rehab work both last year and this year in San Jose. Was that a nice advantage for you that it's like you got friends, you got family, you got a support system around you while you're kind of going through some stuff that's not fun to go through? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it was great to move back in with my old roommates, you know, my parents. My parents. Yeah, so, um, (laughs) you know, it was good to be around there for that. you know, to be able to do that and have them there. And it was easy for my wife to come out, my brother to come down from San Francisco and, you know, have friends around there. But, yeah, I mean, it was, I wish it would have gone better, obviously, uh, my whole entire career from starting in high school. Pitching at that stadium through my professional career has not gone as I planned. So sometimes I was happy to get out of there and get to other places <laughs> in that league. 
I mean, that's kind of the game, though, right? Nothing yeah. ever goes as you planned. You, no, you no. put your head down and, and get through it as best you can. Yeah. You know, it's it's not fun when you go out there and you have probably the worst outings of your professional career that are all at home in San Jose. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing goes as planned. I mean, so a lot of a lot of the minor leagues is doing your thing. It's like I've got to focus on what I need to focus on, whether it's my body or my game or everything. But we're also in the playoffs, um, and we're actually like competing for something which you don't always get to do in the minor leagues. Is that? Is that something that's a lift for you personally and, and fun to be part of with your teammates? Uh, yes to all those. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to be here in this atmosphere. Not a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of guys that I've played with that have gone their whole entire minor league career and, you know, never gotten the pop bottles like we did, never gotten the playoff atmosphere. And, you know, some people obviously at the end of the season, it's a long season, are excited to go home. But, you know, this group here, we're not. Like, we're hungry. We're, you know, we want it. So definitely takes for everybody it's like you know your stats are gone everybody's hidden zero everyone's era zero it's a, it's a nice fresh start for everybody to just kind of go out and finish strong and leave a good impression on you know the baseball world take some of that feeling of fun with you right yeah. the winner uh, i i appreciate all the time you're giving me i yeah, want to ask you one thing that's actually not about you um just because of your circumstance, you've seen a pretty decent cross-section of this organization i've spent all my time writing about this organization are there some guys that have like popped out to you as you as you've kind of gone been around this organization the last two years? I mean, yeah, but I think everybody's kind of talking about them already. I don't really. You don't uh, have any secret sleeper guys? No, buddy? I don't really have any sleeper guys. I think this org does a good job. Like, you know, the baseball world, the baseball what is it X now instead of Twitter, whatever it's called. Everybody gets you know obsessed with the prospect rankings and everything. But you know, the Giants have done a good job of like. You know, if you produce, you get moved. If you if you put the numbers up, you get moved. Like, Ryan Walker was never, you know, a big-time prospect on any list, and, you know, he's had a great minor league career, and then he's had off to a hot start and on hopefully great path dude. to be a fantastic big league career. So I really think that, you know, there's not really many secrets out about this org. Like, the guys that are playing well get talked about and as they deserve to. Yeah, yeah. I know Walker's such a great example of what – kind of where baseball is, which is outlier. Yeah. Outlier, release points, you know, delivery, shapes, yeah. you know, that's what everybody's looking for, and that's what, you know, you have and, and hopefully are going to get back to you. Um, I just think it, it, watching someone like you go through the stuff you're doing and keep working at it and keep being resilient is what makes following prospects fun and amazing to me. Um, and I, you know, I can't hope, wait to see what comes next for you. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah, seriously. And that'll do it for another episode of their Giants podcast. Uh, I'm going to be back uh, shortly with another of my conversations with Kerry uh, Crowley. So I think next week might be a two-podcast week. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but thanks for listening, and uh, we'll keep talking Giants prospects here. Uh, so come back and listen to us next week. Thanks a lot, everyone.